Ephesians 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, and forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. The word of the Lord. Are you ready for Christmas? You've had two days. If you were going to ask yourself this morning and examine if you were ready for Christmas, most of you would probably begin working through a a little checklist, a little checklist that might have on it the, the lights are hung, the presents are purchased, the Christmas cards are mailed, the tree is decorated. Now I've lost some of you for the whole sermon because you're just running this list through your head. Well, this morning, I do want to ask you, are you ready for Christmas? Not are you ready in the sense of decoration and in the sense of the holiday spirit, but are you personally ready for Christmas? At Christmas, it's the ultimate celebration of the coming of Christ, God himself coming to earth. And as we prepare to celebrate that, we would do well to ask ourselves, are we ready for Christmas? Well, that checklist might look a little bit different. So are you ready for Christmas might look like a checklist like this. Are you ready for crazy Uncle Eddie at your table? Are you ready for Aunt Francine, who has always done wrong to you? Are you ready to go with a little less? than your neighbors? Are you ready to extend forgiveness for all wrongs? Are you ready to put aside all bitterness and wrath towards someone who has wronged you? Are you ready to stop gossip and slander of your neighbor or family members? Are you ready to speak encouraging words and truth about someone you do not like? Are you ready to extend forgiveness as God has extended forgiveness to you. We would be ready for Christmas if we had all of those things taking place in our life. This morning, we look at Ephesians chapter 4 and another scripture passage. It challenges us. It puts it right in front of us and gives us words of admonition. 
to begin to pursue this readiness for Christ, to pursue a healthy life. Something is healthy when it's operating the way it was created to operate. You know your body is healthy when it's working a certain way. Well, we are to pursue health in our lives as well. And God's word would say that we are healthy when we are reflecting the image of Jesus Christ. Or in other words, we are healthy when God's image is seen in the way we act, think, feel. Because we were created in the image of God. In other words, we were created to reflect God's characteristics to the world around us. So we are healthy when we are reflecting the image of Christ. Therefore, the best way to prepare for Christmas is to ask God to form Christ in our hearts, that we would reflect Christ this Christmas season. In Romans chapter 13, if you would turn with me there to Romans chapter 13 that we read earlier, Romans chapter 13 is a passage where the Apostle Paul is trying to focus us on preparing for the return of Jesus. And so, and so the Apostle Paul says in verse 11 in Romans 13, he says, Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come. Salvation is near. And then he finishes this admonition or warning in verse 14. He says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. In other words, the Apostle Paul is saying, Hey, Christ is coming, and to get ready, you need to reflect the image of Christ. And in Ephesians chapter 4, that we read here right before the message, the Apostle Paul is making the exact same argument. So if you look in Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 24, he's got a very simple message there for us. The message is simply this, act your age. You see, in verses 17 through 24, the Apostle Paul is bringing us good news as he contrasts two different ways of living. It starts in verses 17 through 19. In 17 through 19, the Apostle Paul says, hey, don't walk like the Gentiles walk. Now, the Gentiles are people without God, people that are opposed to God, that are outside the people of God. So he, the apostle saying, hey, don't live as those people who do not have God. That, that's what's going on here. And then he transitions in verse 20 and 21 where he says, hey, but you, now he transitions to the good news where he says in verse 24, put on the new self created after the likeness of God. So the good news is this. He's saying that you've been given this new self. In other words, you are this old. Now you need to start acting like it. You see, when you say the phrase, act your age, you're really giving two truths. One, you're saying to someone, well, you're this old. It's a reality. That's how old you are. But at the exact same time, you're saying, hey, what you are doing doesn't exactly match up with your age. In our house right now, I seem to be using this phrase a lot with a three-year-old. So, act your age. Help pay some of the utility bills. Put the dishes away. Laundry goes right over there in the corner. Use the toilet. I mean, act your age. We have expectations around here. And maybe this last weekend at Thanksgiving, some of you probably got told, act your age. You're at the adult table now, Mr. Flieger. Think. Right? And so there's certain expectations. When you're given an age, then they expect certain behaviors to go along with it. The behaviors don't make you that age. The Apostle Paul is saying the exact same thing here. He's saying, hey, you are the people of God. 
You've been given new life in Jesus Christ. Here's the problem. When I look at your life, I see the Gentile world still. So in other words, you are a Christian. God has forgiven you and given you new life. It's a spiritual truth. That spiritual truth, though, has not become reality in your everyday lives yet. In other words, act your age. Very simply put, the Apostle Paul is saying, you are in Christ Jesus, created to be new. Now let your behavior reflect that image of Jesus Christ. It's the same message in Romans 13, where he finishes, hey, clothe yourselves, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So we are challenged to prepare for Christmas, to prepare for Christ's coming by reflecting the image of Christ. The problem is that the majority of us get basically drugged down and focused on our circumstances rather than our character. Think for a second of what usually happens whenever we talk about the end times. When Jesus is coming back, people get lost in all of these details. They start writing books and they start asking lots of questions and they start to speculate, well, hey, look what's going on right now in Israel. Look what's going on right now in Russia. And they start getting into all of these details when they forget the primary message of what Jesus said, that he doesn't even know the day or the time or the hour. But yet we get all caught up in all of these circumstances. The same is true in our daily just living. We get caught up in all of these circumstances of our lives. We've been treated unfairly. The economy is not doing as well as we'd like it to do. The interesting thing in the New Testament, if you examine the prayers of the Apostle Paul, I would challenge you to find a place where the Apostle Paul prays, God, change my circumstance. Paul doesn't pray for a change of circumstance. Paul prays, God, strengthen my inner being. God, make it possible that your word would go forth even as I'm in chains. The focus is not changing our circumstance. The focus is refining our character. Because the reality is this, we don't have control over the majority of the circumstances we find ourselves in. We don't have enough authority, we don't have enough power to change all of the circumstances. You can dictate everything just real nicely, not invite Aunt Florence over, you can try and get everything scheduled just perfectly. But at the end of the day, you still can't control all of your circumstances. And we're never told, hey, change your circumstance, we're told, refine your character so that in any circumstance you reflect the image of Jesus Christ. Are you ready for any circumstance this Christmas season to reflect the image of Jesus Christ? Not only do we struggle with just spending all of our time reflecting on our circumstance, we also spend the majority of our time reflecting on the people around us rather than ourselves. I mean, how many times has this happened? someone treats us poorly, or someone just does something wrong, what do we spend all of our time doing? Talking about how you wish so-and-so would get it right. Spend all of your time talking about how so-and-so is so sick, and, and so-and-so has cheated so many times, and, and so-and-so just never does it right. News for you this morning. None of us are changing so-and-so. We can't control other people's behavior. We can't fix other people's behavior. The responsibility that we're given in Scripture is never for our neighbor's behavior, but it's for our own behavior. 
And never in Scripture does our neighbor's behavior justify certain behavior from us. And guess what? Everything that we have in life involves another person. All of this stuff that we're told to get rid of, bitterness, wrath, slander, when's the last time you slandered no one? When you slander, you slander someone. When's the last time you were bitter at no one? When you're bitter, you're bitter at someone. When's the last time that you lied to no one? When you lie, you lie to someone. When's the last time you stole from no one? When you steal, you steal from someone. All of our behavior affects other people. We don't live in a vacuum. The challenge is this. The behavior of the other people does not justify certain behavior from us. If you look at verses 25 through 32 here in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul begins to go into a kind of a litany of exhortations or encouragements or commands. And if you look at these exhortations to speak truth, to work hard, to put your anger away, to get rid of bitterness, and to forgive, there's never an exit clause that justifies being bitter because someone is bitter towards you. If someone is extending wrath to you, it doesn't say, well, in that scenario you can extend wrath back. We're called to reflect the image of Jesus Christ no matter what the behavior of the other person and no matter what the circumstance. To be ready for Christmas is to be shaped and to be formed into the image of Jesus Christ. And so therefore, if we're going to be shaped into the image of Jesus Christ, we've got to to pursue health. We've got to pursue Jesus. And if you're going to pursue health, it involves a little avoidance. You know, to pursue spiritual health without avoidance is like me going to the dentist and saying to the dentist, hey, I'll see you in six months. Six months, there's not going to be a single cavity. And then for the next six months, continue on doing everything I always do. When I show up back at the dentist, what's going to happen? I'm going to get the same report. If I want a different report, if I want to pursue health, there's certain things that I have to avoid. We would just all agree on that. You go to the heart doctor, he doesn't say, well, hey, 30 minutes of running makes up for French fries at breakfast, lunch, and supper. We're called to avoid certain things. And the reason for the avoidance is not to become holy. You see, we're already holy. It says that we're new in Christ already. The reason for the avoidance is to pursue health. If you want to be healthy, there's certain things that we have to avoid because there's certain things that just cause problems within us and around us. And the Apostle Paul here puts the emphasis on, hey, put that stuff away. It's not just a matter of, well, I'm going to manage my sin. Notice what he says here in Ephesians 4, verse 22. He says, put off your old self. And then if you look back in Romans 13, he uses the language, he says, cast away that old life. This last week, I was sitting at home watching TV one night, and my wife comes out, and she hands me this sweatshirt, and she says to me, you can never wear this thing outside of this house again. Now, this sweatshirt is pretty near and dear to my heart. This thing has been worn on a lot of important days. I've worn this thing to important lunch meetings. This thing's got a Tommy Hilfiger little logo in the corner. I'm thinking, this is a big deal. This is a nice sweatshirt thing. And now I'm told, 
hey, this thing never leaves the house again. Well, it's not like, well, you can wear it sometime when you're around certain people. No, it's, it doesn't leave the house at all. You see, the sweatshirt works for me. It doesn't work for her. We can deal with that later, but that's a problem thing. The same is true of a lot of our behaviors. You see, a lot of us have behavior that works for us, at least we think it does, but guess who it doesn't work for? It doesn't work for our neighbors. It doesn't work for our Creator. And we're asked not just to, well, hey, just use that behavior once in a while when you're on certain people. No, Paul says, cast it away. Put, put it to death. We're not in the sin management business. We're in the sin killing business. To get ready for Christmas is to pursue the image of Jesus Christ where we reflect His attributes, His characteristics in any and all circumstances and, in, and with any and all people. And to do that, there are certain things that we simply must avoid to put away that bitterness and that wrath and that slander and that anger. Pursuing Christ this Christmas season will not be easy because circumstance and people will get in the way. Busyness will get in the way. So where does it begin? It begins by going back to the foundation. Exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying right here in verses 17 through 24. You see, before he gets into the specific behaviors, he visits the foundation in 17 through 24, saying, okay, hey, remember who you are. Look, look specifically at verse 20 and 21. Here's the foundation. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. The reason for this call to a certain conduct, to certain behavior, is because other conduct and behavior is not consistent with Christ. The Apostle Paul is saying, hey, you were taught Jesus. You were taught the ways of Jesus in this stuff. It doesn't line up with the teachings of Jesus or who the person of Jesus is. And as a Christian, claiming the name of Christ, our life should be consistent with Christ. We've got to return to the foundation. The foundation is this, that we are in Christ. In that in Christ we are a new creation, therefore called to reflect that new creation, that image of Jesus Christ to the world around us. There's a lot of people that are excited this time of year, and especially Christians, and especially on Facebook and Twitter and all over, because a lot of people are concerned about our city and our culture and our world at large. A lot of people get concerned around Christmas that Christ has been left out. And so now the big push is, let's put Christ back into Christmas. The big push is, don't say happy holidays, say Merry Christmas. The big push is, only shop at stores that play Christmas music, not holiday music. Well, this morning, I believe God's Word would have a different challenge for us. I believe God's Word would challenge us not to get in the middle of that fight, but simply say, it doesn't matter if you say Merry Christmas or happy holidays. That if you want to put Christ back in Christmas, there's only one way. And it's not to point the finger out there, but to point the finger right here at our own hearts. 
that if you want to put Christ back in Christmas, it begins by allowing Christ to be formed in you. If you want to put Christ back into Christmas, it begins by pursuing Jesus Christ to reflect His image to the world around us. I challenge you this year, don't sign any crazy petitions. Someone says happy holidays to you, just say happy holidays in return. It does not matter what you say. What matters is, what does your behavior reflect? It's time to put Christ back in Christmas. And we put Christ back in Christmas by reflecting the image of Jesus Christ in our behavior this Christmas season. There is really good news today. That good news is that God has come. Christ has come in the form of a baby, became a man and died on your behalf and has forgiven you and has conquered the grave and given you new life. When God looks at you, he sees new life. He sees a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now the question is, when the world sees us, will they see new life? Will they see a new creation reflecting the image of Jesus Christ? Will you join me this season and put Christ back in Christmas by allowing Christ to be formed in your heart? Let us pray. Almighty God, we give thanks to you for your patience with us. God, we acknowledge this morning that oftentimes we've gotten sidetracked with side issues. We acknowledge oftentimes that we've justified our behavior by the behavior of others. We acknowledge this morning, God, that oftentimes we have neglected the image of Christ for our own image. And God, this morning I pray that you would put to death in each of our hearts bitterness, wrath, slander. And God, we pray that you'd infuse us, that you would form us, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would transform us to reflect your image in our thoughts, in our words, and in our deeds. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your promise. We thank you for your work on our behalf. We offer ourselves to you now. In Jesus' name, amen.